Welcome to episode 100 of Twiatch. This week we're going to talk about indie games and some of the fun experiments that they're doing with those. And the value of those games. Yes. See you there. This week in our collective heads Wanna put an old rumor to bed Stereotype that you've all heard How we're all just angry video game nerds Most of us have actual jobs Kids and families and cats and dogs, yeah This week in our collective heads This week in our collective heads Welcome to This Week in Our Collective Heads. I'm Kevin, joined by Patrick, who knows about movies the way most people know about the backs of their own hands. Basically. And way more excited to talk to you about it <laughs> at length, ad nauseum. But more important than that, this right now mm -hmm. is episode 100. Yes. We have made it to Twiatch episode 100. We're in triple digits I now. can't believe it. I can't believe <laughs> right? it. So we... We started doing so, so, this. So briefly, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, and then we'll do the regular. Yeah, show. we started doing this. We we're like, hey, we should do we should do a podcast. We should do. And I was like, you said we should do a podcast. I was like, we should do it on YouTube as well. Yeah. Because there's a really viable market on both, and we we started doing it, and and then we got this mentality of, well, we can't can't not do the news. <laughs> I mean, what are you just not gonna have the news at right. six? I mean, it's like. We just kept going, you know. If you're not available, if I'm not available, the sh the show kept on. I think yeah. we missed one uh, weekend we, we for had Christmas. Two two weekends for Christmases. We had no, just one, and in and even in that, I did, you know, even right. in that, I had uh, Cassandra playing you. <laughs> yes, and we did like a Christmas <laughs> message. So yes. we've had something every week since we started. Correct, and full on episodes. <laughs> yep. 100. And the, uh, the podcast has been going really well. YouTube has been diversifying more, um, having uh, gameplay, having video game movies, like all the cutscenes. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going back to movie reviews. I keep saying that, but I'm going to go back to movie reviews because my goal is to be this generation's Leonard Maltin. Okay. You can tell me who that is after <laughs> the show. So in, in other Twiatch news... Um, uh, Jason Schreier from Kotaku wrote a, a book called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Correct. And I, there isn't anything about embargo on this, so like I got, I got a letter from his publisher and everything. I've I've read everything but the last chapter. It's good, recommended. And uh, we're actually, and I am crazy excited about this. I'm going to get to interview Jason Schreier about the book. Yes. So uh, that book comes out. I think it's the first or second weekend in September. Mm -hmm. Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, available now on Amazon. Um, and with various sales and stuff, the pre-order thing, I think I'm paying like $9 for my copy That's or something. Bad. That's not bad. It's, it's, it's a really good book. It's a really interesting look deeper into things. Like he talks about uh, Diablo 3's Error 37, why Destiny didn't pan out, um, the ways that the Dragon Age Inquisition was a hot mess, how it was affected by Dragon Age 2. Yeah. It's... it's it's like a lot of things that I was familiar with, but this is like a deep dive into how and why this happened. So, highly recommended. Um, I'll have a review out uh, within the next couple of weeks, mm -hmm. and then the interview is coming up too. Yeah, and I am really excited about I'm, it. I'm excited because I get it. to talk to Jason Schreier. You talk to Jason Schreier, and and you know, it kind of legitimizes it. You know, we're on episode 100. We've been doing this. We've we've had uh, we've talked to developers. We've come a long way. Uh, mm -hmm. in, in this little podcast, so I'm I'm happy about it. I'm very happy. About also, it. I went back and listened to episode one. Yeah, and we uh, we kind of stutter a lot. And there's, <laughs> there's like so many uh, 
Um, uh, um, we still, um, yeah, we still could yeah, do we, better, we, but we're doing a lot better. We are getting, we are getting better, and to look from then to now, it's pretty substantial. It is. So we'll go ahead and jump into the news now, and we'll start as we typically do mm -hmm. with the backwards compatible games. Yeah. Uh, they gave us Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Which is the Metal Gear game that was by Platinum, and it's 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 crazy fast, and you get to run around and chop off a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the I remember when they were trying to show off the the graphics and the kind of tech demoe of this, and they were showing the main character chopping a watermelon. Yeah, and I was like, this is so funny, and I and I was laughing at myself because I was so enamored by the fact that you could slice a watermelon in a game. I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the game wasn't that great, from my understanding. Let us know if you liked it, though. It is. It is fun to watch. It's I think, fun to watch. I think we need to we need to add the revenge story to our yeah. Let's our do list that. of videos. Let's do that. Yeah. So he'll take care of that. I'll take care of that. Um, next up, we have Scream Ride. Yes, which is uh, the one where you're making all the the. It's maybe possible, maybe not. <laughs> definitely a bad idea. Yeah. Roller coaster. It's kind of what I did in Roller Coaster Tycoon, anyways. Except yeah. now you get to actually see the people screaming. Right. Um, and, I, I always like to. And you get to people... see the the moment of impact and such. So. Except I never got to land them back on the track. I always just let them go into a pit. Yeah. <laughs> we also got Bad Company, uh, the uh, Battlefield game, which I didn't play. I don't know if anybody else did. Yeah, I know bad bad company well. bad company two did really yes. well, and this sets up the characters of Kane and Lynch, and and so it allowed us to have bad I company two. Kane and Lynch were in, Kane and Lynch were in Battlefield. What bad company? I thought so. I, I didn't even know that. I could be wrong. I will check that while you he tells that you while he tells you about the Microsoft conferences. So, I thought we were talking about Kami. Let's talk about Okami real quick. Okay. So Okami HD is coming uh, is is launching December twelfth, which I think is a is a gorgeous game. This is one that it, it's so good it's gone from PS two to PS three to PS four. Yeah. I'm I'm very happy about it because the art style in this uh, it's continued to to look gorgeous in an era where if you go back to like look at PS two games, most of them just don't hold up, and this one holds up. Uh, in a in a way because of the uh, unique art style and the the beauty just amazing gameplay um, I think it totally deserves it. This is launching December twelfth, by the way. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. And I've heard I've heard a lot of people say that this is the best Zelda game ever. <laughs> I, I that that enough has been has been enough to make it interesting. Um, Battlefield one did not actually have Cannon Lynch, okay. so I was mistaken on that. Okay, so that's okay. you you were right. You you win. I guess. I win. Um, so the news, uh, if you're listening to this live, then this news is right now. Um, if you're listening to it on Monday, we're a little bit outdated because Gamescom is going on this weekend right and uh, Xbox is having their, their conference on, on Sunday at 2 p.m., which is a couple hours after we record. Exactly. So um, by recording on weekends, we get out most of the news and it's current and yeah. everything, but every once in a while we miss something. So we'll talk about that next week, mm -hmm. and we'll we'll have the ability to kind of look back and, and have a better feel for it rather than just a, this thing happened, <laughs> as we do sometimes. Yeah. Um, but one thing that is going to happen is Afterbirth is coming to PlayStation 4. Afterbirth is already on PS4. Afterbirth Plus... Is, is coming to PS4. You know <laughs> yeah, but sometimes I wonder if you do, and so I have to correct you, and that's important to me. Sometimes I don't. So, so Afterbirth, Afterbirth Plus yeah. has all the mods and, yeah. and a lot of the expansion that was that was added in by the community and uh, approved things that McMillan was like, yes, 
That's a yes, clever idea. Fine. Throw yeah. that in. Yep. So Afterbirth Plus was the version that came to Switch, mm-hmm. and so the version that you're playing I'm loving. versus the version that, that I have, because I got Rebirth for free on yeah. Vita, and, and I was like, I need to give them money. <laughs> they gave me way too many hours yeah. of wonderfulness. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm loving Afterbirth Plus. The, um, the challenges are really cool. I had one thing that I, I need to tweet to them about because I've never seen it happen. You said you've never seen it happen either. Yeah. Uh, that I had the same boss. The bloat. Uh, I had the bloat five times. So, fun fact. Yeah. It would have been okay if you'd fought one of the, one of the horsemen five times in a row. You know why? Why? Because whenever you fight a horseman, the the bonus that you get afterwards is uh, is the cube of meat or the bandages, mm-hmm. and that builds into autonomous. If you get four of those in one run, yeah, then it builds to an autonomous meat boy who goes around and just annihilates everything. That's cool. It's it's a win. That's really cool. So if I, you'd gotten that, I mean, I that some, might have been I had, okay. I had some amazing power ups, but it was annoying. And then um, and then I got a trophy which I can't find. Yeah, so I need to look. I need to look in there, figure out, huh. figure out. Maybe I missed, missed. Maybe the trophy didn't show up until later. Because the blind, I did the the blind trophy mm-hmm. where you play without knowing the amount of hearts that you have, um, which was nerve wracking. Interesting. Because I, I beat that one, um, where you basically can't see how much health that you have, that you have. Right. And beat mom with that. And then, and some, then you push around the hearts, and you're like, guess I've got full I health. Guess I have full. I was basically just trying not to get hit by anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what you normally do? Well, yeah, but even more so. Um, so, <laughs> we got some uh, interesting news on We Happy Few, which yes! has been a, a PlayStation... I'm so excited about this. ...upcoming game. Uh, Gearbox is actually publishing this now. which I saw that. Which I'm, I'm happy about. This is going to come out uh, April, uh, April 13th. Mm-hmm. Um... And this was one of the games that uh, Microsoft put up on their stage when they were talking about the ID at Xbox stuff. Yeah. And uh, this was one of the ones that this one and Super Hot. Yeah. Are are two that have come from ID at Xbox and become. Hey, we're gonna put these places mm-hmm. because this is an incredible dystopian world that I cannot wait for. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. On a massive level, it's gonna be really cool. One thing I'm looking forward to uh, is the update for the PlayStation 5.0. Okay. So the reason I'm looking, the reason that I'm really looking forward to it is because of the streaming. There's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of different things that are coming out with this update, but streaming. Uh, we talked about this last week. We're gonna be able to stream from the PlayStation uh, in 1080p at 30 frames a second because right now. 60. There's a 60. Oh, sorry, 60. Um, right now, the Xbox and the PlayStation both stream at 720, and it's not bad. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just not as good. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. They got some other cool uh, things within the update as well. You can change your pop-up color, um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, you can also manage your PlayStation family. So if you have multiple parents, and you can manage and say, okay, well, this is the child of this person, so this person can control their account. Right. And this is this is an update to the the master and sub account. Yeah. Which, I'm sorry, I really liked having master and sub, like actually in the in the wording that they were talking about because BDSM is fun. Yeah, I was gonna say Whitney should be my sub, uh, and then you need to make make that happen. So uh, we also have custom lists that you can put in there for your for your friends list, um, so you can. 
I don't know. I don't understand this about like leaving part. Was leaving? Yeah. Chat? This no no no. This way this way you can set up. You can be like okay. You can send a message and be like hey who wants to play Rocket League? And you send who it wants to, to play Overwatch? Okay. Who wants to okay. yeah? And then you can just you can just send out an invite to those people okay. instead, and that makes more sense. Okay. Because I was like I don't I don't understand. Dis disable pop ups while playing video is really cool because if you're watching um, if you're watching Netflix or anything like that, it's nice to have be, be able to disable that. Yeah. I wish you could disable this while you're streaming as well. Because well, you can turn off notifications. I can turn off notifications, but one of the things that I wish that I could do is I wish that I could disable the notification that I have messages and the notification that more or less people are are watching your stream. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you already have the ability to hide the chat, mm -hmm. and then if you get a notification saying someone messaged you, and you bring up the chat, it doesn't show that message. Yeah, that's that's broken. So why not just not show? Because if you're streaming and you don't want to see the chat, don't show me notifications of anything happening there. Yeah. Because if someone is streaming and they don't they don't want to see the chat, they obviously are using another screen or they don't care. One or the other. No one wants that pop-up because then you go, oh, no, someone's messaging me. Then you log in with your phone and you, you don't see the it's message there. there. So you have to message a person saying, hey, who said something? Yeah, that's it's, it's 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 not great. No, it's not. So I wish they I wish they would disable that. Uh, so we also got uh, uh, what was this? Is the difference in on online status or something? I don't even know. Uh, the tournament settings are one thing that I'm really happy about though, uh, because they talked about this. Uh, play, uh, Xbox is trying to do something similar as well, but Xbox has had this for a while. I thought they I thought it was a couple months. No, they they made it. It's it's oh. been up and going. Okay, well I don't do a lot of tournaments, but I like Clearly. that they're there. I like that they're there too. Yeah. Uh, what was it uh, in Zoolander? I like Sting. I'm not a fan of his music, but the fact that he's the fact that he's it. making it, I like that. <laughs> that I, I, I respect that. For people, yeah, for people who are who play fighting games, who who do those kind of things, it's great to have these kind of tournaments to, to be built in. Because if you want to do uh, tournaments and rank each other, that's cool. But usually, it has to be built in, in the game. So, yeah. um, it it came out with with uh, the Gears multiplayer thing. Oh, really? Because, like, yeah. It. Jeez, I, I don't think I don't think that was the. The plan, but that was when it came out. Sure. So they probably were. I mean, well, Gears is so tied closely to Xbox because it's an exclusive. They probably knew it was coming. Yeah. Tied it all together. Yeah. That makes sense. So Shenmue Three uh, was they they had the big Kickstarter and someday they swear this game is coming out. Um, Twenty nineteen, I think, is my guess. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, but they now have a publisher, Deep Silver, which yep. it's it's been interesting to see what Deep Silver's picked up. Because yeah. they've they've done a lot to to kind of pull in uh, what what collapsed yeah. in the double A space. Yeah. Because there there was triple A games and indie games, and then the lines started to get blurred and and everything. And so a lot of games like like Hellblade, mm -hmm. you know, it's like a six eight hour game. Yeah, and they're only charging thirty dollars for it. That's I think that's perfect. Yeah, I think it's perfect. As much as as much as people pushing for these longer, longer, longer games, if you have really good gameplay and a really good story, sometimes, especially for a double A, you yeah. can't you can't put in that much time. Um, the uh, the way that Unity and Unreal and a lot of these engines that are out there for people to use almost for free mm -hmm. lets people put out a lot of these really good products. Like you said, the lines blurred where indie games can look as good as uh, AA used to look yeah. and I think the pro the difference is the quality uh, people see flashy graphics and they're like oh that's fine yeah. but 
I think Hellblade proves that there's still a market for it for really good. Hellblade and uh, The Witness prove that Absolutely. a really good quality game uh, can go in there at a $30 price mark, $30 or $40, and people will pay for that. You don't have to pay $5 because the game's not a AAA studio. Yeah. There should be more than two options. Yeah. In indie and AAA. Uh, I actually watched a recent video on this. I, I should have saved it, but they were talking about um, indie games should be... It was a person, an editorial, basically saying indie games should charge more because they're not, because they're, they're a really good product, charging less almost as a service. But a lot of indie games try to price their uh, game as low as possible so more people will buy it, gets into yeah. more hands. But sometimes that's a disservice for people. Um, but... Well, I think that in the past two years, mm -hmm. I think that we have made a lot of progress moving away from indie games can only be up to twenty dollars, yeah. and AAA games are sixty dollars. Yes. If it's if it's a big publisher, and, and it was it was twenty or sixty, yeah, that was all there was on the console marketplace. Yeah. And uh, there were actually a lot of people who were upset with with before the witness had even come out. Yeah. They're like forty dollars, but this is an indie 20. game, it and it's like okay, no, there's there's. Hundreds of hours that yes. you can. Yeah, I, I don't actually know how many hours because I hate puzzles, but uh, it's really good though. It's really good. I, I actually I actually have it on my wish list. I want to get it uh, at some point mm -hmm. and see if Courtney want, wants to do it because I think that I mean she she has a she has an amazing mind, mm -hmm. huge, huge. Um, she she has an incredible mind mm -hmm. and I I I enjoy mm -hmm. watching it work. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would, this is a game that I would be comfortable sitting back and just being like, oh, okay, you did this thing, and then I'm going to come home and find, like, the that scene in the number 23 <laughs> when he's sitting there with all the notebooks yeah. and pages all around. And, like, I can picture coming home to Courtney That's, in the middle of the room doing that. I About, uh, was it three hours in or so, um, I, started, I started doing that. Like, I grabbed a notebook, and I was drawing out certain puzzles because there are certain things where it's like you saw something here, and now you need to duplicate it here, but it doesn't tell you you need to duplicate it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot like Mist and Riven, which is what the uh, developers it's tried to do. Yeah. So it was really good in that, in that case. Um, so Speaking of really good, I can't wait for Crackdown 3 because yeah, Terry Crews is going to have to. I am going to have to. I can't wait, but I'm going to wait till next year. So whenever whenever Terry Crews came on board and they were talking about reworking the story and everything, I said that I, we said yep. that this game was in trouble yep. and that it probably was not going to come out right yep. away. And it's not. This, there, they, this has been delayed to next year, spring 2018 sometime. Yeah. Terry Crews was brought on, and they brought in a new head of story. Yeah. And the game was supposed to come out in three months or something. Yeah, when, it, when it's supposed to come out with the launch of the Xbox One X. Yeah. Uh, none of that made sense. Not only bringing in Terry Crews, but basically reworking, like saying, oh, we got a new head of story coming out. Um, that just sounds like a train wreck. So uh, an analog for that with uh, movies, they brought in Joss Whedon to replace Zack Snyder uh, for Justice League. Yeah. And they get and let's see. So Justice ended up League with six weeks of reshoots. Six or weeks of reshoots, but apparently were already planned. He wants to. He wanted to do more than that. Zack Snyder already planned on six weeks of reshoots. That's a horrible, horrible thing, by the way, in movies. Uh, if you have reshoots, is normal. Reshoots are very normal. It's yeah. like I want an angle from the back of his head where he says that. 
all right, let's get some people back together. They plan that time, yeah. maybe a, a little bit more uh, a breath after a certain line, so that way you can see the person. There's a lot of things that they do, but six weeks is ridiculous. They want more, even more than that. But Whedon was brought in, what is that, seven months before the movie is supposed to come out? Mm -hmm. It's enough time to do that, and the bulk of it was already done. He's just going to re-edit some things. He didn't, they didn't say, we're firing Zack Snyder, we're going with a different person and reshooting everything, which is basically what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine going into the project and being like, okay, in three months this has to be out and we're going to restructure everything. So I'm glad that it's delayed. Yeah. I, I really hope that, that if they need to, they'll delay it again because yeah. I loved Crackdown. I love Crackdown too. So I'm going to go ahead and give you uh, totes for next week. Uh, every time we do topic of the episode show, totes. We announce those on Friday, and then we discuss them on Sunday. But every once in a while, we get a preview for the next one. The The famous Miyamoto quote, mm -hmm. a delayed game is bad once, mm -hmm. a bad game is bad forever, or however, however he goes. Yeah. Is that still true? I've, I've got some things to say about that. So do I. So we will discuss <laughs> that next week, and uh, I'll put that up on Twitter and everything, and you can tell us your thoughts on that, about, about the importance of a game being good at release, how important is that? Are delays always okay? Yeah. Yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah. Or put them in the comments here and we'll read them next week. A game that was great on launch, though, is Burly Man at Sea. <laughs> yes, it was. I, I loved this game. I was really happy with it. We actually got a copy of this uh, uh, sent to us by the developer, which I loved because I love the uh, point-and-click adventure games. I love Monkey Island. And they did this in a very natural way. The, the yeah. way that the way that they uh, convey the story and the way that they convey uh, what action you need to take is done in a very natural way, which yeah. I absolutely loved. It's genius. I also, I also love the, the, the names of the characters, the personalities of the characters. It comes, so, it comes through so clearly mm -hmm. with minimal actual, like, it lets you read into the story, read into the characters yeah. in, in a way that really belies the, the, the size of the studio, frankly. Oh, I agree. So I'm, I'm not going to say too much about it because, like I said, I, I know one of the people that made it. Yeah. But uh, but we, we did genuinely enjoy it. You don't know anybody I, who made I it. I don't. And you I did, don't. And I you loved it. You were it. like, hey, there's this game. I was like, ooh, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> so that's coming to PS4 and Vita. And Vita. Yeah. So. Ha happy about that. It needs to be in more people's hands. This this needs More people need to pick this up and play it because um, story is key. Story mm -hmm. is king. It's everything. And replayability is, is really high, which yeah, is cool. Is. So I complete, I didn't even think this was going to happen, but there's going to be a Planet of the Apes game coming uh, this fall. And I, so I've been a fan of Planet of the Apes, original Planet of the Apes, as well as this, even the really bad movies from the 80s. Uh, the TV show is horrible. Let's not talk about that. But uh, the Planet of the Apes movie, I'm uh, sorry, Planet of the Apes Last Frontier game is coming this fall. And they're trying to keep the spirit of, of, of the movies in there, which... Uh, the last, so the last two movies got even better than than the uh, James Franco reboot. They just kept getting better. This last movie with Woody Harrelson was just excellent, and the way that they can convey these these um, these characters and these ideas through um, through the apes is is genius. Uh, and showing the the difference of the two, and it's kind of part of the heart of Planet of the Apes has always been like, okay, there there are animals, but we are. And yeah. who acts worse? Yeah. So and, I'm I'm really happy about that. And as far as gameplay goes, apparently you're going to get to play as both humans and apes, which is which 
I think it's pretty cool. Which is really cool because the Planet of the Apes uh, in the in the movies they've done a really good job of showing that for the most part, you just have a difference of perspective. Yeah. You have people who are scared and trying to protect their their own people. And on both sides. On both sides. Yeah. And that's what makes a really good antagonist, when you really understand they're not just evil to be evil. And yeah. Woody Harrelson's character in the movie was, was fantastic at that as well, uh, to say, here's why you're, make, you're making these decisions, here's why you're taking these um, uh, extremes. And it, and it makes sense organically. So I'm very happy this is coming out. Uh, one thing that I'm also I'm happy is not coming out is the Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy 15 VR, because I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy 15, I think. Um, I don't think needed a VR aspect uh, component of this. Oh, it's still getting a VR component, but it's only fishing now, not the shooting part. Oh. Okay, I my mistake. I thought it was. I thought the entire thing was canceled. Well, now no, they're two separate projects. <sighs> okay, okay. So this is coming from a guy who spent just as much time fishing in Zelda: Ocarina of Time as he did playing the rest of the game. Um, you don't know. You don't need this. No. Uh, if it was a full game that also had this, that's great. You can't, you're not gonna. Okay, if they put out a game. I was going to say if, if Nintendo put out a Zelda fishing game, no one would buy it, but people would buy it. What am I saying? Um, I, I spent, yeah. I literally spent, because I wanted that eel, there's certain like fish in that, in that lake, I spent countless hours playing that. I played that while playing movies, because like, this is back, I had, I had one TV, we didn't have cell phones, so I like was playing movies on my computer while I was playing Ocarina of Time on, on the, on the um, TV. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think this is really needed. I don't understand why it's coming out. Not so sure. Let me know if you're excited about Final Fantasy 15 fishing. Because there's yeah. other fishing games out. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. But um, Danger Zone's coming yeah, out. Yeah, Danger Zone. So did you did you play this? I did not. Oh, you should. I did um, not. I'm. I, I really enjoyed this. This is <clears throat> the same team that did that did Dangerous Golf, right? Yes. Yeah. Dangerous golf and the burnout, and this is this is kind of a, a proof of concept for crash mode. Um, I I mostly bought it. I would have bought it anyway, because I want them to have enough money that someday we can get actual burnout again. I if if they did a Kickstarter, if they did a fig, if they gave me another way to throw money at yeah. them. Yeah. I would do it because I, I want I want burnout. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is a part of burnout. It's a substantial part of burnout. Yeah. Oh, um yeah. but uh but yeah it's it's a fun game. It's coming to Xbox One, which is good and I'm glad that they're continuing to release these. Yep. Um it's kind of shortish but uh but it's a lot of fun and well worth the the money that you actually spend because it's short, cheap, yep <laughs> a lot of fun to blow stuff up. <laughs> of course. Um so, uh, Swervy55, uh, sorry, um, uh, who did Deadly Premonition, which I liked, I really liked Deadly Premonition, mm -hmm. has announced the next game, which is a cat RPG, which is a werecat RPG. Yeah, because by you're, you're... day you're human, by night you're a cat. Yep, that's, that's what he's doing. That is so Japanese. And I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 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 excited about seeing. I absolutely love that. Yeah, and and going back to kind of the the indie versus AAA. This is this is a man who consistently comes with so many off the wall ideas yeah. that I'm just interested in just watching what he does. Like I might not play the games, yeah. 
but I'm I'm fascinated by what he does. So we will keep reporting on, on yeah. the various things that he does. I'm I'm happy about this because the, this is this is what I love about indie games. You can take something, you take something like this and say I'm going to make this, all, you know, over the top, off the wall game, and someone out there is going to like it. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. It's not probably not a game that I'm going to like, but neither is the pigeon dating game that, that came out, and and there's the the dad dating you sh- game. You should try. You should try should. the pigeon dating game. And then there's the especially, dad dating game. Especially at the end, I finally <laughs> got to the end, and it, it gets okay. The the game about being the only human going to a pigeon high school gets really weird at the end. Like yeah. it, everything's fine, but then it gets weird. Again, a game that might not be for everyone, but the fact that people are making it, the fact that he, they really respect that Sting's making his music. I mean, yeah, it's it's great that it's out there, and it's great that that these things can come out to people. Where uh, twenty years ago, if you didn't have a perfectly packaged, polished game that could appeal to a giant audience, it yeah. wasn't getting made. Yeah. So, gotta love indies. Gotta love them. Same. And speaking of indies, mm-hmm. and indies who who are I'll be honest, this does kind of seem like a, hey, look at us, we're doing a thing. A little bit. But, but, I appreciate it. Yeah. So, Tower of Light is a game that's coming out. It's kind of a, a visual novel uh, aspects mm-hmm. to this game. Um, the game is called Tower of Light, and they've announced that they're giving a quarter of their profits to take this, yeah. which which is a, a uh, charity that, that focuses on uh, mental health for gamers, which is something that we need to talk about. Um I think that the vast majority of people have some form of mental issue yeah. that they could use help with. I think so. Um, and so uh, Tower of Light believes that that's important. And so they're choosing to to give a quarter of their profits um, to take this. Yeah. And I like that charity. I support this idea. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'll ever play the game, but it definitely piqued my interest. And I wanted to let you, our audience, know yeah. about it. I think they. I think you're right. I think a lot of people. I think the majority of people are dealing with with some form of of mental illness. And the question is, how high functioning are you? How, in what degree how does it is it? You? Because some people uh, are very high functioning and use it use it to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but they were talking about the uh, the psychopath gene, and they figured out they can see. Uh, in in genetic code if you technically are a psychopath and they found that the people who have it almost all of them are high functioning CEOs and very cutthroat uh, people in in industry and they've somehow taken this this disability and used it to their advantage drive and they and they've they've channeled that into yeah yeah Um, and like okay so my memory is is bad with yeah. a lot of things but there are certain things that my brain takes and catalogs and that is actually part of why i can do this show yeah because this information gets cataloged yes yeah and you know mine is auditory oh if, absolutely, I, if I hear absolutely. something i i i can repeat it back pretty darn verbatim <laughs> okay so one time <laughs> quick story yeah uh one time uh we had we had the banks over at our house uh for a summer this, this is my cousin's and um, we we had all been sent to bed. The adults were like playing card games or something. We weren't old enough to play card games yet. Um, and so we were all in there, and we went through Aladdin, beginning to end. <laughs> like you know, there's there's a bunch of us, but sure. we we went through Aladdin, 
yeah. straight from, from yep. beginning to end. And I I, <laughs> I still think that I could do that with like certain properties. Uh, mm-hmm. Quest for the Holy Grail, maybe Grandma's Boy, because I've watched I've good. watched that so many times, and like <laughs> those scenes and yeah. the audio in particular plays in my head. Yeah. Um, I could I could probably do like a lot of the stuff off of Albino Black Sheep. Yeah. Anyway, I have abilities. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Certain I also have skills. Yeah, I have a very particular <laughs> set of skills, which are not useful for killing anyone. Not not useful at all. Um, but one thing that is useful, again, unique. Going talking about unique gameplay, talking about the cat RPG, is the new uh, text-based uh, game that's that's going to be coming out. Yeah, which I'm, it's out. Which is out. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't. didn't yeah, realize he it he announced and released. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Mike Bill is is the best. Yeah. So this is the guy who did Thomas was alone, and the the idea behind this is it's all text-based, very uh, text choose your own adventure uh, in a in a robot world, which I think is really is really unique. Yeah. Uh, and the the conversations here are really cool. So you you actually type these out or you, you choose them. You choose, you choose them. them, yeah. Um, and the the entire the text game... parser would be really hard to do anyways. <laughs> yeah. So the entire <laughs> game actually takes place uh, while you're riding in in a single subway car. Oh, okay. And you're you're just having all these conversations with the with the robots. So uh, Thomas was alone was one of his games. Volume was his next one, which was like the the did you play that one? I didn't play Volume. Okay, so that was alone. That's that's kind of like um, the Metal Gear Solid VR missions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's good. It's really good. I like those. Um. So uh. So yeah, he has a wide range of abilities because those games are very different. Yeah. And so uh, what he calls what he calls this is he says that it's a a Bithel short. <laughs> and I love that idea. There there are so many indie developers like uh, Swery. I don't know how much. He's planning to put how long this, you know, where cat game is going to be. Yeah. But like, if that was a game that I paid, you know, five, ten bucks for, and then played it for a couple of hours, yeah. and then he moved on to another project, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. I would, I would love for for indie devs to to be okay. Um, like, I think that we're moving away from the idea that necessarily more is always better. I agree. Uh, Hell, Hellblade is a fairly short game. Mm-hmm. Uncharted Four probably should have been a shorter game like it 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 gets kind of repetitive and it's like yeah get me to the next part of the story give me give me the story bits it's like the ending of lord of the rings yeah it it just keeps ending yeah um but yeah i like the idea of of indie devs in particular being able to to hammer out a game in a fairly short amount of time Mm -hmm. and just come up with like a proof of concept flesh it out a little bit more than that and then sell it to me let me let me buy that yeah. So I, I hope that this picks up. Um, also, the guy who did uh, Cosmic Star Heroine uh, also tweeted about this, and he was like, this actually sounds pretty cool. I yeah. like this idea. And since Cosmic Star Heroine came out like two or three months mm-hmm. ago, he shot out a bunch of ideas, <laughs> some of which sound amazing. Yeah. He he wants, uh, he was he was talking with his, his partner. I don't, I don't know much about her. But uh, he was talking with his partner about uh, the idea of doing... A an Anne of Green Gables RPG. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, and that sounds like fun. Yeah. Is that something that I want to play for forty hours? Absolutely not. But is it something that I could enjoy for? That's a five, three or four six, hour, eight yeah. hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think that I like I like how Twitter is is, is being used for this as well to throw out these ideas. And we're talking. And I I can't remember who all was involved in it. But the uh, the retro game uh, jam. The, that, the US. The, uh, 
Uh, UFO 50. Yeah. So yeah. UFO 50, I think, is another great idea, a great, great thing. And um, I'm, I'm learning game development very early on because I haven't done this in, like, forever since I since the TI-83 yeah. and all that. But um, I learned how to write boobs. <laughs> that that was that was as far yeah. as my calculator programming went. I, I learned I learned programming a long time ago. I haven't programmed uh, since uh, freshman year of high school, so I'm learning that again. Yeah. Um, and one thing that that uh, some local places do, they'll do like game jams on a weekend, mm-hmm. where it's done like once or twice a year, depending on. There's actually a national uh, day where they do it all around the. And I'm I'm yeah. like, okay, I want to get really good, so or at least competent, so I can come in. And contribute and to something contribute like to that, that. Yeah. Be- because even if even if I go in there and go okay I'll I'll do the music for whatever you're doing I can do the music but I know how to code and put the music in in the right spots yeah and you can you can, you could take like little projects or they they're like okay work on this yeah do this thing yeah. which I would like to see some of these some of these indie devs come together and do something like that because even if it's even if it's a short you know weekend where they jammed out some ideas they could have come out come up with something really interesting and be like, all right, now we're going to work on this together. Or two or three people come together, work on something, and one person says, hey, I'll continue from here. I got well, that's this. what That's what happened with... Okay, so that's that's all the news we have. We're going to keep talking about this for a little bit. Uh, that's what happened with Behold the Kickman. Um, I don't know yeah, because that was that was just a game jam. And he said, he said that actually the fact that it was a game jam, uh, like maybe two or three weeks before release, he yeah. was like... Man, a lot of this code is just awful because <laughs> because a lot of the stuff that was that was kind of a holdover from that yeah. time when he was just kind of mashing it out. Yeah, and he said that uh, you know he 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 could go back and like fix all this code, like rewrite it from scratch from the beginning, and it would be way better. Yeah, but no, no, because it's 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 all the code. <laughs> yeah, um, and then the the last little bit we have is uh, PlayStation VR. It's a it's a new VR experience that lets you torture noble. Yeah, which. We've been talking about this for a while. That's one thing that, like, touring places, going to museums, being able to take a vacation in my living room. Yeah, and and visit a place that I don't get to see. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of dangerous to see Chernobyl. A little dangerous. So I I think it's cool that that this is on it. This is, again, I want PlayStation VR. Um, I don't know. I, I really want VR. But it needs to have more things like this. Yeah. To get me, because right now... The two things that I want to play PlayStation VR, I guess three now, uh, are the Batman VR mm-hmm. and uh, being able to watch um, to watch a movie or play a game without, um, the, TV. without the TV. Yeah. So I can I can do that without the TV. I can do that late at night. Uh, I could uh, watch something while you know if someone else, if if Whitney's watching uh, TV, but I wanted to just jump in real quick on a game and do something, I yeah. could do that. Then again, that's kind of isolating myself. I don't really like to do that. But yeah, but, but it would be nice to have that option. Yeah, yeah. like an IMAX size screen right in front of your eyes and be able to pl- watch a movie. Doesn't matter how big the TV is. Yeah, you know, I think that's really cool. Well, plus then you can you know lay down and watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna go to sleep. En This is the topic of the episode show, totes as we call it. It's the weekly topic show where we give you a topic, you talk about that topic, and then we talk to you about the topic that you talk to us about. 
You always make that so convoluted. You know, that wasn't as bad as it usually is. No, no. He's, he's been way worse. <laughs> that all logically makes sense. We give you a topic. You tell us about you already your stories. So this That's week good. we're talking about scary moments or yes. scary experiences in games. Yes. Um, and we, we got some good feedback on this. Um, Christian Michael said, I don't often get scared in video games, even by horror, but playing Metroid Prime as a kid felt like being alone on a hostile alien playground. Well, depth, basically. Um, I remember being frightened by some big giant ice boss, and yeah. certainly when I approached the final boss, knowing I was going to get the crap kicked out of me. Yeah. Um, Metroid has always been very much about the atmosphere, yeah. and and the the music to the to the mist on the visor really got you into that space. Even though we we certainly made prettier games now, yeah. Um, the the way that everything the the music the ambience the sound effects everything makes you feel as he said isolated yeah, yeah. and and she is okay Samus is more of a vamp than either one of us will ever be it's true. It's and true. so so to put yourself in her in her suit yeah is is a really intimidating experience my um, I say I, I've got a lot of moments where I where I was scared but the first time that I remember being scared uh, playing a video game. Uh, was playing Resident Evil 2. And I know that may be cliche, but up to that point, yeah. nothing nothing scared me in games. I played the Friday the 13th game, and I knew who Jason was, but it didn't really scare me other than the... Okay, so I'm going to separate this from the normal anxiety scared, Okay. where it's like, ah, ah I'm going to I'm gonna die, I'm going to die, because that happened right, a lot right. in the NES era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing Silver Surfer, playing Bart versus the... Whatever. Like, you get, you get frustrated, but... So and not you, you, get, you get worried about losing yes. versus actually frightened. Legitimately frightened. Um, and the beginning of the of the game was really cool. I'd been watching Night of the Living Dead and games like that, uh, movies like that for a while, but legitimately scared with uh, the lurker, the the liquor. Sorry, lurker, liquor, whatever. Uh, yeah. Watching him, the camera pan up and you see him on the ceiling and then he drops down. Yeah. Legitimately frightened, like, what am I going to do? Because the, the moment most people mention is the zombie that's eating someone and then turns around and looks at you. I'd already I seen was, was going to say the, the dog in the hallway. Dog in the hallway. Dog in the hallway yeah. is, is one of the genuinely, like, jump scariest yeah. moments in yeah. games. Yeah. But uh, that legitimately frightened me. Um, I, I've been playing Friday the Friday the 13th game uh, on PlayStation and I, I really like it, but playing it, I'm not as frightened. It's more of the anxiety of I don't want to die. Yeah. Because I know some some guy in England, in this case, from the last time I played, was playing Jason. I'm like, okay, I know who's playing Jason. Yeah. I don't know his and name, but I know him. He 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 sang he sang Lionel Richie with me. So. <laughs> there you go. So you know, it, it humanizes it. So when you're playing against an NPC. And I think it's it's different when you're playing against the computer because you don't have that feeling of oh this guy's this guy's gonna get me. Well, there's also what I'm doing. There's also in in Friday the Thirteenth there is you're going to succeed or you're going to f die. Yeah. And you're going to die in one of several ways. But when you die, you can watch the scene play out or whatever. Whereas you can watch when other it comes people play too, yeah. Right. And when it comes to when it comes to Resident Evil, you have to actively move your character forward, yeah. knowing that you could be moving your character forward into something you don't expect. That and it's it's the anticipation. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From from uh when, from Bloodborne? No, and in, in Resident Evil, when you're you're running around and there's 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 windows mm -hmm. next to you, and then all of a sudden, and these hands grab you. Yeah. 
and it's freaky and it just it just comes out of nowhere it's a jump scare but it's a legitimately frightened jump scare because you don't know when something like that's going to happen yeah you don't know when a body is going to going to come up to life you don't know when uh these things are when uh you're going to get a jump steer because even there are moments when there aren't going to be but you're prepared for it to happen yeah. you're prepared to be frightened. and I, I i appreciate when when game designers actually uh make allowances to make things a little bit scarier because mm -hmm. like uh, the way that you move forward in any Soulsborne game yeah. is you just keep clicking the right stick to target <laughs> anything in front of you but uh, they they started this with, with Dark Souls 2 mm -hmm. um, that if there was a body mm -hmm. that hadn't come to life yet that it wasn't yet an actual enemy yeah technically yeah they could hurt you yeah. then you couldn't target it so you move past it yeah. and if you move past it too quickly then they can come up behind you and when you think you're safe you get this yeah coming from yeah. behind and that that was fun yeah um cast bradley said playing the shadow temple when i was about 10 i still don't like the music just talking about <laughs> ocarina of time it's and, creepy yeah and it's creepy. you were you're talking about the hands you've got the and also the the uh, the paralysis monsters. I forget what they're called, but like when when you are when you are put in a situation and you can't actually move. Like yeah. with video games, you you can always fight back. Like you 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 know there's like buttons you can push yeah. or whatever. But like having a moment where something is continuing to move towards you yeah. and you can't move, mm -hmm. that's scary. Yeah. Uh, she said that she would also uh, play Slender eight pages with her friends and turn <laughs> off the lights and play. And that's 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 a fun way. It's like when you when it. you can set up an environment. Yeah. Um, there's there's the one more about that. Uh, Chris White said he played the PT demo alone in the dark with a surround sound system. The, like you can set these up to be really yes. scary. The for PT yourself. demo was a great example of that. I'm I'm really I'm happy that I got to borrow Christian's PlayStation to play that because there was there's no other way to play it now. Uh, and to be able to experience that, this is a perfect example of how watching someone play it versus actually playing it is yeah. different. Because, I'll tell you what, I'll play it this year for the for the Halloween stuff. Okay. Still haven't played it. <laughs> it's, I've got it though. It's it's not it's not terribly long. Mm -hmm. um, play th yeah, play through it. We'll we'll talk about it because it's not terribly long. It's interesting in how it conveys certain certain things. So okay. hopefully you haven't been spoiled too much on it. All right, and then the the last couple ones. Uh, Alan Bledsoe said he's uh, the first time he played Portal hadn't been told anything about the game, and he heard the first turret say "I see you" yeah. and just froze. No shots because he wasn't actually in range. Nor did I look where it came from. So I continued out. It gunned me down. I'm surprised I didn't <laughs> scream. For about an hour after that, I got cold sweats from the turrets' voices <laughs> if I didn't see them. I think that it helps that that uh, in those the the sterile voices the, of mm -hmm. these uh, that makes the, it creepier. Yeah. Because you because there isn't there isn't a legit like anger behind that voice of I see you, yeah. and and that makes it worse that you don't know what's going to happen, um, which is to me it's classic horror when you have something when you have someone cool and calm and collected when they shouldn't be is yeah. creepy yeah yeah well i mean that's it. that's why hannibal lecter remains one of the best villains ever because he doesn't get emotional he doesn't fly into a fit yeah. of rage and angrily eat someone he's <laughs> like no i like this yeah. this is my preference that's why one of my uh the most iconic moments in my opinion when it comes to horror movies uh is the the kitchen the the dinner scene in the original texas chainsaw because they're ha they they are so manic. They're so happy, mm -hmm. and and hearing her scream just makes them laugh at how ridiculous they think her being scared is. Yeah, 
but we're not eating you but right now but we're going to and then they then they try to give her try to get grandpa involved and it gets it's it's so unsettling because it's so normal for them and it's it's you know to them this is a party and and they're they think it's hilarious how scared she is and the more scared she gets, the better it gets for them, which is, is creepy. Yeah. That juxtaposition is just unsettling. And the the last two on here, uh, Alex said Silent Hill three, and it made him sleep with the light sleep with the light on <laughs> for a month. Yeah, yeah. Silent Silent Hill is, is is another one that does really well with the atmosphere. Silent Hill two did that for me. That was it was it was frightening, and the atmosphere itself um, it it makes you it's it's unearthly. It's it's so close to reality, but it's not. It's like an alternate yeah. dimension. Um, and then the last one is Christian Michael said he played Gone Home without knowing anything about it. You're just alone in a house, and the family was supposed to be home, but they're not. And that's that's one of those that that is it's it's kind of like the yeah. first couple of the first little bit mm-hmm. of a good horror game. Mm-hmm. The horror hasn't shown up yet. You're yeah. you're you're supposed to be filling filling the shoes, filling the mind. Of, of this character who is mentally not prepared yeah. for whatever it is. And so the more they can get you into that character, um, no gone home spoilers here, but like the, the way that this is set up is meant to make you uneasy because you don't know what's what's yeah. what's going to get and you don't know how long it's going to be until there's the reveal. Yeah. Because once the horror is revealed, like, you know, once you get to the part in, in Silent Hill 4 where you've actually been into the town and you, you see the villagers you know coming at you yeah. you're like okay i, I need to this shoot these the guys or yeah. run away or whatever and and i can slip into oh this is video game yeah. mode yeah um but the really good games keep you on edge and keep you from ever becoming really comfortable with this as a video game yeah i agree I agree. So let us know in the comments what some of your favorite scary moments in video games are. When when you genuinely were scared out of your wits playing a game. He's not even going to let me tell mine. I've been reading all these. I haven't gotten to tell mine. Okay, tell your story. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm kidding. I, lots of lots of fake outs today. I'm just I'm just having fun with yeah. it. Um but no, I played I played The Last of Us uh primarily at night. Uh at this point we had really little kids and so whenever they were awake, I needed to be sure. awake. Yeah. Uh whenever, you know, I I needed to let Courtney rest because she was working and kids and, and like just managing all this stuff. And so most and, and I've also never had a game that drove me to play it like Last of Us yeah. did. So most of my playing of The Last of Us was um, was after hours. Nobody else is up. I, I could only have like one light on, and I had to play with headphones yeah. and everything. And the clickers, yeah, are so scary <laughs> because um, because like there there is the the moment when you're like, okay, I'm screwed. Yeah. But uh, but because it is so different from any other video game experience I've yeah. had because they react to sound, not yeah. to visuals. Yeah. Which means that I can be sitting here staring at the clicker and I'm like, it can't see me. But if it walks this way and stumbles on me. Yeah. And and so like the 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 lack of predictability mm-hmm. there kept me from ever getting comfortable with them. Yeah. Which is how which is how it should be with a scary game. Yeah. You shouldn't feel comfortable. I think that's what Resident Evil ruined when it came to uh, 5 and 6. Uh, the I know people liked 5 from a group, pers- from a co- uh, split screen uh, yeah. co- uh, co-op but to me I think it ruined it because I shouldn't feel comfortable ever. And yeah. You do that by shortening ammo, you do it by making enemies genuinely frightening because there's 
like you said, you make one mistake, it's over. And yeah. that's what makes it frightening. Yeah. And uh, the new Resident Evil Biohazard 7, whatever you want to call it, um, I think brought it back to that because you make a mistake with the with the family at least, yeah. and then it's over. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. So I've decided to call it uh, Resident Evil colon family. Colon family. You said I could call it whatever I want. Yeah. So those are the scary moments that we enjoyed and and just had fun with. Yeah. So let us know in the comments what your scary moment is, what's the most scared you've ever been playing a game, and what game you think has the best atmosphere. Yes. And we will see you next week. Thank you.